0: Welcome to the second success podcast by Dr. Rakish Rana, the clear coach, getting clear on the mindset for repeatable success. Hello and welcome to the second success podcast. I'm Dr. Rakish Rana, the clear coach. And today I'm joined by Graham Davis. He's a very good friend of mine and he's the founder and MD of Exclusively Connect. A little bit more about that shortly. Earlier this week, I was asked about the second success podcast and what it's about. And uh, my reply was that it's an opportunity for me to interview some of my very successful friends. And that you know, the, the important thing there is friends. I started this podcast during the middle of the pandemic last year, and it was because I was missing my friends. I wasn't getting an opportunity to meet up with them. We would have the occasional phone call, the occasional Zoom, but it wasn't quite the same. And I thought to myself, you know what? I've been wanting to do a podcast for a while and I've got such an amazing group of friends and I know a lot of people too. So why not use that? Why not showcase them and use their stories as inspiration to, one, inspire others, to inspire me through what was a very difficult period last year. And um, not only that, it was just to get everybody's voice heard. So that's what it is. That's the Second Success Podcast. So if you're not following or subscribing and this is the first time listening in, please do go back. I think this is episode 31, I believe. So there's plenty more that you can go back and listen to some great stories to hear and learn from and be inspired by. So coming back to today's guest, my very good friend Graham Davies of Exclusively Connect. So after starting life as a commercial photographer, Graham started a creative journey that expanded into design, marketing, events and experiential marketing. After building an agency for 25 years, Graham went on to form Exclusively Connect in 2011. He has a deep-rooted belief in the power of partnerships to achieve business growth. And working solely in the luxury lifestyle and financial service sectors, Graham believes that now more than ever in these challenging times that the company should form alliances and strategic marketing partnerships to work together, rather than working in isolation and silos. The idea of collaborative marketing started when faced with a challenge to help a small specialist audiovisual company with big ambitions and small budgets become the leading private cinema distributor in the UK. Rather than simply pushing advertising messages out across selective marketing channels, Graham decided it would be more strategic to develop a partner group that was in the same space, with the same demographic clients and the same ambitions. This was easier said than done, as it takes time to develop quality relationships to align objectives with other companies, but fast forward to the present day and that small AV company is now the market leader in their field. Exclusively Connect has moved on and is now the UK's leading provider of collaborative marketing services working across the luxury sector and from world-class hotels to fashion, jewellery, private aviation, luxury homes and classic cars. Exclusively Connect has also built a portfolio of luxury lifestyle events of which the Elite London, the UK's largest jet set lifestyle event, is one such event and that too is also the result of a very successful partnership. It's also an event where I actually met Graham. He's got a wonderful story to tell. So let's hear from Graham about his journey from budding photographer to entrepreneur. Hello, Graham, and welcome to the Second Success Podcast.
1: Thanks, Rakesh. Very kind of you to invite me. Very excited. Look forward to telling you a little bit about my story.
0: Yeah, well, do you know what? And this is the thing I think of you about when I think of you, and that's stories. Yeah. Um, You know, working in branding, working in marketing, I guess stories is what it's all about, isn't it? That's what people remember.
1: I talk about stories a lot. Yes. Um, I think about brand stories because that's what a brand is at the end of the day. We have to remember something about each of these brands. I have to help impart some of that knowledge to tell that story. And I guess, well, everyone's career. But yeah, work and my journey has been a bit of a story as well. So, yes, I do think in stories, perhaps, perhaps it leads to a book one day. Who knows?
0: in terms of um you know my podcast it's called second success because really a lot of the people that come on to it have had success in an area of their life and they've pivoted or circumstances have changed and they've gone on to find further success somewhere else so i'm going to take you back and realistically this isn't what you did it was all about print back in the past so enlighten us a little bit about that and some of that background
1: sure um you, you need to have all your background to make you who you are, you know, currently. Uh, the, the, the turns you take in the right direction and the turns you take in the wrong direction uh, are equally as important, actually. And, and life's very different in the digital space when I started out. So um, life began for me as a photographer. Uh, I was a creative guy when I was young. I loved everything about it. Um, I was desperate to work at one studio on the South Coast where I lived when I was young, an award winning a kodak multi-award winning photographer who i really admired and i thought that's where i want to start um and i asked, asked for a job and couldn't get a job uh, i actually got a job there in the end on an apprenticeship scheme yts which no one will remember because that's uh, far I, too remember I remember those i remember <laughs> <laughs> that was my way in and i was desperate to work there uh, to get the experience because life mm. starts with experience and contacts and uh, brilliant guy very inspirational for me uh, wedding and portrait photographer
0: hmm.
1: um, a, a year down the line I was starting to realize that weddings perhaps weren't my long-term future there was a, a they're repetitive to a degree obviously by the nature of them
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, there a lot of stress at wedding photography as well uh, there are lots of upsides but um, I started to think about commercial uh, and moving into the business space
0: well, Graham, just to, just to ask you there, so, you know, you, you started an apprenticeship and, you know, you just talked about the experience and network right off the bat. However, I'm sure that wasn't what you were thinking back then. And in fact, when we speak to, you know, when, when I've got mentees, you know, we talk about taking on free work, you know, unpaid work just to gain the experience and build your network. It's something that's definitely, you know, pushed and promoted right now. Was that your thinking back then? Or, you know, or was it just a case of you want to do something? Yeah.
1: You know, you're young, you're a sponge. Uh, The world of photography back then, you know, wasn't digital. So Mm. there were so many aspects to that job back then. It wasn't click and point and click a camera. Um, You've got the creative side of the photography, but you've got the studio side of what you do Mm. with those photographs and um, uh, framing and everything that went with that industry. So uh, I wanted to learn everything from the best um, because I knew that was my road map to where mm-hmm. I was going to go next. And uh, I was a sponge. I volunteered for anything out of hours. I put my heart and soul into it because I wanted to have the best foundation that I could get. I can quite know where it was going to take me, but I knew it would help take me in the right direction and take me there quicker.
0: I, um, you know, hearing that, it, uh, I had my pr- a guest on before, previous guest, Ariel Tavon, who we both know. And we talk about this hard work, and I do find that uh, it's not quite the same mentality that people have this day and age, where they will just do stuff to to take it on board and, you know, be that sponge. Whereas there's this, um, this almost like an expectancy or an entitlement right now of that you need things immediately
1: uh i'm not much of a corporate animal i've not been down that path really of applying for those big jobs in the city and you know grooming myself in that way i'm a self-taught person Mm. and therefore uh the experiences that you gain for yourself um along the way have always been paramount for me um no society has changed to a degree now but with experience comes contacts because experience means you're working with specialists in different areas Mm. and you need those contacts and to build those networks as soon as you can as well, because that's the passport to futures and learning and you never know which direction they're going to take you in. It's not always the plan.
0: No. So like you said, photography, what happened after photography?
1: Uh, Along came an Italian tap company, um, (laughs) lovely company. Um, I became their photographer, um, in the uk to start with and then i was the photographer for uk and italy for them got along like a house on fire but uh, i started seeing the brochures they were producing with the photographs i was taking and i was like well one's not matching up to the other here we're we're just drive your premium and luxury brand and you're trying to pay as little as you can on mass market brochures um, and I don't think it's living up to the standard of the photography or your brand. Hmm. So I said, how about I get some of my mates involved at uni at the time and we design your brochures and you let me manage your print for you? Uh, and he did. And uh, with that, suddenly along came design and print and communications and using the photography. And uh, and then you see it in people's hands and uh, it takes on a whole new level. then, And that's when my journey Uh, went to the next level, and I became quite inquisitive about the world of creativity beyond Mm. the lens. But the Mm. lens was still a key part of what I did. Um, Commercial grew and grew. I dropped the photography after a couple of years for wedding and portrait. Um, did get it all right. You know, I said there's hiccups along the way. I remember doing a a little exhibition in uh, Portsmouth in a new area they were building on the airport site and turning into a new sort of industrial park. And uh, I was the photographer for uh, the launch exhibition. This is a story, so it went a little bit wrong. And um, uh, I took all the photographs. Uh, Everyone was happy with all the work. Uh, The day came to launch and open the doors. And there were all these display boards with my photographs, big photographs Mm. mounted, all mounted. And they were all in glass with frames. Glass is the the little cues. what went wrong. Uh, I went off to get a bite to eat at lunch after we'd had a morning reception, and I came back and everyone was horrified and waiting for me at the door. Um, the weight of the photographs had been pulling the Velcro off of these, oh, off no. these panels, and there was glass and smashed frames all over the place. Oh, and no. uh, they weren't best pleased with me. I was a little bit embarrassed, to say the least. Um, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, life, as I said, comes with its hiccups and ups and downs as well.
0: There's always some lessons to be learned there, though, aren't they? <laughs>
1: I didn't use many glass, uh, large glass frames after that, or I certainly made sure that the uh, walls they were putting on was strong enough to take the weight.
0: <laughs> so, you know, you, you've you achieved a lot of success then in print, you know, design, print. And um, where did that take you? I mean, what, what were the successes? What were your key successes in that in that area of life?
1: The easiest way to say it is I'm, I'm an inquisitive animal and I want to see clients do well with whatever I'm doing for them. So the journey, yes, photography, Design, design grew and grew and grew. Uh, I moved into branding and started creating the brochures, the identities for companies. Um, Along came copywriting with all of that and design and print became my initial Mm. uh, key business. I also set up uh, from scratch my own printing company, Um, employed printers, designers, uh, copywriters, um, had dark rooms and we grew the business by integrating uh, a full service for clients who needed everything from one source. Mm -hmm. Um, That just went the next step when I started asking, hey, um, what are you doing with these brochures and these corporate reports and everything we're doing with you? Marketing came along after that and strategy started to develop. And we started to become a full service agency, all part of the journey, winning bigger and bigger accounts as we we went. Um, And just to put that into context – I had a call one day from i thought it was a um something to do with a barber's or a hairdressers called british clippers um and they said <laughs> we've heard about you um could we have a meeting please so i thought well, okay i can I, and actually i had done some work for a high-end hairdressers actually and created their identity for them so i thought i didn't do much research i was late for the meeting and a very nice guy was there um and he's and he soon Uh, told me a story that he worked with Che Blythe and we're not talking about Clipper's hairdressers we're talking about Clipper yachts (laughs) and uh, I got that slightly wrong Uh, they became a client we got on famously Um, it was um, a virgin group company not under the virgin brand but with that company they were on a mission to create a major project in America this tour of the ports in America I became their full service marketing agency so design print uh, photography oh, exhibitions came along uh, strategy uh, delivery and full service communications and I just got the bug for growing the company
0: from that mm-hmm. point onwards wow that sounds amazing I mean uh, I mean like you said you know there's always hiccups along the way what what do you think's held you in good stead to just keep going and not give up I mean this is the one strength of yours I know anyway you don't give up you're quite relentless in all the time I've known you in what six seven years I've known you you know, you, you want to always look for a solution. But even back then, like, it's all new to you and you're growing. Did, 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 were there, there must have been challenges. How did you overcome them?
1: Oh, oh so many challenges I can't remember. Um, <laughs> but I'm a bit of a glass half full, I suppose, you know, entrepreneurs are at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've had one recently and no doubt we'll talk about it in a little while um, with COVID, uh, when you're faced with some challenges, that's when you dig deep. And that's when you find a way around a roadblock. To find a way around a roadblock means you come up with a new solution that you might not have thought about before. And that could take you in some new and positive directions. So um, yes, they're a hurdle at the time. Yes, we all get them. Um, but I've always tried to see them that there's some kind of positive that could come out of it if your mindset's inclined to sort of find that solution hmm. um, and move around
0: the problem. I do find, though, that it is those with a Growth mindset from the outset that have that mentality to look for the solutions. I I must admit, put me in the same situation back then. The first thing I would have done is probably just give up and try something completely different because to me, I would have felt that I just failed at it and I just needed to try something different, that I wasn't cut out for it. But this is the difference, I guess. This is the relentless nature of, you know, I know what I want to do, understanding that it's always not going to go right. But yet you're still going. And, and you're right. It is, that is an entrepreneur. That's a true entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, I've got three girls. Um, I don't think any of those will be going to go into business on their own. They all seem to be wanting to go into the corporate world. Um, mm. We haven't done too badly along the way, but um, uh, they can see that it comes with its challenges mm. and they feel safer in, in the comfort of working for bigger corporations, which is completely fine um i can see that
0: though because my father was an entrepreneur he was a businessman and i saw the instability the challenges you know there was great times bad times and i guess when you're brought up with that and i don't know if that was the reason why but i always thought no i want a safe job i want to have a salary i want to know that i'm not going to lose everything because you know we've been through that as a as a kid so for me that was the challenge to not head down that route initially obviously things changed for me and I developed a different mindset, let's say, you know, that helped. Um, But you're right. It's um, When people see that and see that actually it's working all hours, it's not being there all the time and, you know, also having to deal with the stuff that's not working as well, it can can impact others, I guess.
1: Yeah, you get your highs and your lows and you don't always have the security that you have in a bigger bigger role Mm. and a bigger company. So um, I've always thought I'm unemployable. I did work for a company for a year. Yeah. and uh, i got caught up in their politics uh, the ceo wanted me to do th- one thing the md wanted me to do another um i wrote a letter to the ceo and i got fired for it so uh, i thought <laughs> i don't think this is this is my route forward from here Not um i'm clearly a self-employed entrepreneur animal and that's the way it's going to be and that's where wow. i want it so well,
0: fantastic you know it's the way it should be with you graham I-, I definitely believe that so look as they say all good things come to an end the mean, obviously the the print works the design branding it did come to an end i mean just want to talk a little bit about that
1: um yeah i had a move up to uh from the south coast where i where i was from uh up to uh london mm. or hertfordshire but work being in london um times were changing very rapidly print mm. was dying away um, But I didn't pick up a big client that took me to the next level in business, which was government. I started working with uh, a number of government agencies and suddenly our our agency grew and grew uh, even more. Um, But then the overheads grew, as they do, uh, and the offices. And um, we got to a point of we got into a plateau where the overheads were so high Um, And the business didn't grow anymore because it was one of the recessions. I've been through a couple of recessions now. Mm -hmm. I started to wonder where we went from that point onwards. And uh, that was when I brought on board a consultant specialist in in purchasing companies. And um, we went out searching the market for somebody that we could buy or merge with. Um, And then we had a bit of a change after that. We did find a bigger agency um, and we merged with the bigger agency, uh, mm-hmm. which took us uh, to a completely different place. We moved offices, uh, we had new skill sets in the new enlarged company, and suddenly that smaller um, agency life that I'd loved and the, the closeness I had with the team started to disappear as the team got much bigger, and bigger rules had to be put into place and mm-hmm. dress codes and uh, we had to have HR consultants working for us and all of that sounds good because it was the dream to grow but with it uh, I started to feel a little bit isolated at the top I felt like um, an HR director and an FD and the creative me um, got zapped a little bit as everybody else got better than me at their job roles which was also the uh, the idea as the company got bigger Um, And my mind started to wander and I started to think, I don't know if this is my future. We either need big investment to carry on growing because we became a mid-sized creative agency then which were rarer in the market. They were either Mm -hmm. quite small or quite big and global um, or maybe a downsize. Mm -hmm. And in the 2009 um, recession and financial crash, uh, along came my my thinking in terms of what might come next. um, And it was all about collaboration.
0: So, yeah, take us on to that. You know, having gone through twenty eight, 2008, 2009 recession, how did that real change? Well, I mean, that was that the turning point for your next step into business?
1: I didn't think I had the experience to take the company forward anymore in terms of further investment, more mergers or acquisitions. It wasn't my comfort factor. Mm. Um, uh, a, little, a little new department had opened up in the company, which was the world of uh, marine and luxury lifestyle. We were brought on board as a change management consultant and marketing consultant for London Boat Show, which was in a spot of bother back at, back in the day. And um, I started to see all the problems they were facing with visitor experiences and sponsorship deals um, and partnerships. And um, in talking to some of those marine brands as well, uh, as well as the boat show, I started creating partnerships for them with companies outside the marine sector. Mm. And one day, one of those um, companies, a classic carpet company, Uh, Brought one of their clients into the show and he bought a Princess yacht. And all my mind started worrying about the power of collaboration and the effectiveness of companies working together, as I was doing on a large scale at the boat show and opening up a new sector at the same time. Um, We started working with Mercedes AMG and Rolls Royce shortly afterwards. And then um, the penny dropped. I sort of did have one of those moments where I could see a a definite change. I could see a different route forward for me. Um, With a very, very small company who I still work with to this day in the space of private cinemas. Um, I I was introduced to the owner uh, by a friend of mine and he said, would I help them with their their brand, with their strategy, with their marketing? They were a small company, much smaller than all the companies we worked for at the time, but I took them under my (laughs) wing as it was from a friend. started to see and understand the experiences they were going through as a little business on their journey and um i helped them with their branding that was fine that was all second nature Uh, but when it came to really growing the company and how to position it and take it forward something was going around in my mind to say uh they've got very little budget you've got to help this company punch really punch above their weight how are you going to help them do that and um the solution that I came up with was partnerships. I thought if I can help them fish in smaller ponds to meet the right affluent people, because they wanted to, they had a vision to become the best private cinema specialist or distributor as they are uh, in the UK and in Europe. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought I need to do this very, very, very targeted, very carefully. And with partnerships, because that way I can help them engage with companies who've got exactly the right demographic of clients. Suddenly all the lights went on and, um, I thought, oh, I see a new way forward with um marketing meets collaboration and working together. Um at that point, or shortly after that point, um, I tested the idea for two years and then I exited my agency that I'd
0: built. Fantastic. And that pretty much takes us to how you've managed to grow exclusively now. And that's the that's the company that you've uh, you know having huge success with. And and we met what was it coming up to seven years ago now six seven years ago at one of your events we were introduced and I was I was blown away by the event it was, it's the elite London event that's run annually Um back then it was at uh, Biggin Hill Airport now at uh, uh, High Wycombe uh, Wycombe Air Park and uh, for me I was just what I really enjoyed about it was to see these amazing luxury brands and being there in almost like a familial way, almost like a partnership. Like you said, everybody's sharing each other's knowledge, sharing each other's space. And you could see just from the outset, it was a collaborative approach to something. And it's not something I'd witnessed before. And obviously, the more I've got to know you, what I find is collaboration is key. And that's a mantra that you've been pushing out there. And it's definitely something I've taken on board. So please you note, know, now we've come on to exclusively, tell us a bit about that. What is it what you know for somebody for a lay person out there, what is it exclusively
1: well you know um there's always stepping stones that lead you to something if it's not a clear path um and a dream at the outset um Just stepping back briefly many many years ago in my original business um just for the hell of it, I created a couple of guidebooks uh, up to the local areas where I lived. I am not even sure I wanted to do it really, but it was <laughs> photography, design, print distribution, but it was actually collaborative because um I had to get advertising revenue from companies to pay for the costs. I had to have distributors. Uh, I wanted the council and the local authority on board. And suddenly you've got a collaborative project. And I I had a number of collaborative projects and particularly in the government days. And it all led to my mindset thinking, are we not better working together, stronger working together than we are on our own? Um, Why is that not a mindset in marketing? So I would read and I would think and I would talk to friends. Um, I would see collaboration working in the world of engineering, where two car companies are sharing the same chassis of a car. But by the time it's dressed and branded, they're two different cars. But they've saved a huge amount of costs and R&D and, and uh, manufacturing to make that chassis. And I thought it, it surely should be part of marketing and a business growth. In fact, surely it should be central to every company's growth. But it isn't. Um, partnerships existed. Sponsorship you know, is a kind of a partnership format existed but truly at the core of companies growth and strategy it didn't seem to uh here was me in this niche of um moving in the space of luxury lifestyle companies and and obviously there's a niche there and they're after a certain kind of client who's affluent to ultra high net worth um surely even more so that leads to collaboration or collaborative marketing as we call it Mm. um and uh, the passion grew and grew that this should be the way forward. I remember meeting a lady who headed up uh, partnerships for Aston Martin in uh, in North America. She come back to the UK. We were having a chat, or a drink one day, and she said, "Graham," she said, uh, "They're much more open out there. The market's different. Uh, if there's a good idea and there's a couple of the companies that want to execute it, they run with it and they do it." I definitely found I was pushing water uphill to start with here. Mm-hmm. Um, But believe deeply that there's so many benefits which go beyond the obvious when companies work together, the experience, they can share their goods and bads that they've had along the way. And of course, ultimately, they want to reach out to each other's client databases through touch that you can create. Once I was wedded on that idea, I was locked in like a missile and there was no stopping me. I just had to develop the, uh, the how and the mechanics and the business model for it
0: yeah i mean like i said a, v- a lot of it was very much event event based hospitality you know sharing each other's spaces in terms of the brands and that was working so well and so effectively in fact you were having a lot of growth and then obviously the world got hit by covid last year uh, you know and obviously the kind of business you had based around events it, you it was hit hard it was really hit hard and uh, the great thing is that you've come out of the other end but i'd love for you to just quickly talk about the journey actually from going from being very successful to you know i don't know want to say losing it all but you know into a, a sticky situation let's say with not being able to run the events that you were so used to doing to then pivoting the company into what it is today
1: i've always liked to have a bit of um a safety net around me with that you know 80 20 rule where some of your clients are your biggest clients and i remember having some sleepless nights way back in the past with the previous business where If we'd have lost a couple of those big clients, you know, staff would have had to go and everything. Um, And I've really uh, loved the fact that Exclusively Connect has grown and grown to become a community of companies. And there's a sort of a safety net there um, in terms of the number of companies that we work with now. Um, It's grown significantly. And I remember saying to friends, you know, I think we're well placed to uh, withstand any problems because we're both B2B and we're B2C with the Mm -hmm. consumer. What I didn't put two and two together is to think, yes, heavily, we're people orientated. Um, Businesses met um, in meetings, regular meetings, um, with all the uh, business development and marketing people we work with, and events for consumers to help uh, reach out to those uh, customers of each other's um, brands uh, were events. I cancelled 56 uh, consumer events last year and 32 business to business. Um, events from the partners that we work with. So um, everything came to a stop on the 19th, 20th of March, mm-hmm. abruptly, as the news was broken and people couldn't meet anymore. And um, I didn't panic. Um, I had a little think about it. Uh, there's an annual subscription to us. So within a few weeks, I sent out an email, a positive one. And I said, you know what, I'm going to extend everybody's period of time. So we've bought some time and the pressure's off. And at that moment, I thought, When we come back and get all the wheels turning, we'll come back stronger. We'll tweak things. It'll be fine. Um, But it wasn't fine. And as time went on and the weeks went by and we thought originally around June last year, we'd start to emerge as butterflies again and back to life and everything was good. I suddenly thought, hang on a minute. I've had, I don't know when my consumer events are coming back. It might not be this year at all. Um, and that made me focus on the uh, the core of us collaborative marketing with all the luxury brands that we work with. Um, I started to realize that, um, this could be a prolonged period of time to start with. I had no communication with everybody because they all attracted within their shells to sort out their company, their manufacturing, their retail, their staff, their furlough. And I thought, well, this is a, this is a game changer. And, um, uh, I uh, started to yeah enter a little bit of a worried and dark space, but not completely. Um, uh, having been through a few problems and recessions before, um, I knew that I had to try and see things slightly differently. Um, didn't happen overnight though, but eventually I woke up one morning and I thought, um, you should be grateful. You're not in a manufacturing company where you've got to change the whole manufacturing process. And, and mm-hmm. this is going to take months and months to turn around, cost a fortune. You're a service led business. If you're a service-led business, that means you can make changes. So uh, what are those changes going to be? I gave myself um, a weekend, a week, and the next weekend. So nine days solid. Uh, I did 17 hours a day, and uh, I researched the world. I researched everything I could to do with networking, marketing, collaboration in all forms of businesses in every country uh, to see if I'd been missing tricks. I'd never given myself that sort of period of time yeah. to have a, an intensive research period. Um, to come up with a new idea and a new way of working. And eventually um, I did. I started to come up with something. I let go of the shirt tails and I thought, if I was starting the business with who I work with now, with what I know from the past, uh, what would I do differently if I was starting this business today and take that as a positive? And suddenly away I went with a completely new thought thought process.
0: I guess resonates with me and what I really want to get at is again, it's the mindset. Many people in your shoes would have thought, you know what? I've had enough. And it was almost, to be honest, it was the last straw for a lot of people, COVID, and, and so many businesses folded or closed. And yet you, like you just said, you dedicated nine, 17 hours a day to find a solution. What kept you going? Why did you think, or what made you think that this is important enough to keep going through and carrying on with? And what, what, why didn't you just think, I'm going to try something else now?
1: I had family saying that to me, uh, supportive as they are of me. They were a bit worried because nobody knew what was ahead then. Mm. Uh, I'm not 100% certain everything right now, but to have suddenly the government change everything for you um, uh, isn't like a recession. It was literally a day when everything changed and some industries didn't do too bad, some did extremely well um, and some did extremely badly. And yes, because everything was to do with people, um It was literally hitting a brick wall, so um I think had I not been through a few issues before um mm. maybe it'd have been you know a little bit too much for me uh i was um I was doing my running I was out and about and i was I was good in that respect um I am a little bit weaker in the i t and technology areas it 's not one of my strengths in the past, but I did realize I had a little bit of a problem in as much as scaling the company 's growth um was getting harder actually, because I was everywhere for everybody at all the meetings and consumer events we were running. And I thought, I wonder if this is an opportunity to look at technology and integrate new ways of working with technology to scale the business differently. Um, But I've got to keep the same standards of service delivery or preferably improve them and change things. Um, Once I started to come up with a whole array of ideas I formed a steering group, um, and for eight weeks we started to work through some of these ideas, throw out the little bits that weren't working, um, and create literally an entirely new company uh, in a period of about twelve weeks in total. Wow. Um, and- well, I've
0: been witness to it and testament to it that you know it is working really effectively, and I you know I'm thankful and fortunate to be part of part of that, and uh, it's been fantastic to see. Um, Graham, one thing I always I love asking people is, you know, what do you think has taken you through your journey in terms of mindset? What three key, key attributes? I'm going to I'm going to take a guess at these. Well, I am mean, in fact, I'm not even going to say them. I want you to tell me. I'm going to see if, you know, if I guess right. So three key things that have actually taken you from right at the beginning to where you are today.
1: Oh, I, you know, I kind of want to know yours for it first. Uh, <laughs> do you know, core under all of it um, is I'm a bit of a dreamer. Um, I always think about way down the road um, and I see a collaborative community globally for exclusively. Mm. um, And I did a long time ago. So um, uh, having a vision, a very strong vision kind of crystallizes everything because you know, there's going to be hiccups and roadblocks along the way. But if you don't lose the vision, as long as you you're on track with something that could work, that's my number one driving force. Okay. Um, Mindset to to all of uh, you know the challenges that you face along the way. Uh, I guess I'm fairly resilient. Um, you know, I've had um, uh, knocks. Everyone has in life. Uh, and mine haven't been as severe as many people's, but uh, um, I'm uh, I'm a bit of a fighter. When when something happens and it goes the wrong way, um, I I dig deep, and uh, and you've got to dig deep if you've got your own business. Um, yeah. or you want to start your own business, um, you've got to be fairly thick-skinned a lot of the time. And um, mm-hmm. uh, and when there's setbacks, you know, s- see your ways around them as, as being something that you're going to learn from uh, mm-hmm. and try not to have that setback again if you can help it. So vision, uh, mm-hmm. mind, mindset, uh, crucial. Um, uh, third, you asked me for three, didn't you? What's the mm-hmm. third key thing I would say? Um, team. Team. Mm. Having the right people around you because nobody can do everything on their own. If you don't have the right people, you're not going to get to your dream. I have a different way of working with people now to what I had before. I had a hierarchical structure in the past. Um, I had, you know, the tri- the, the uh, yeah, classic pyramid shaped business with the directors, mm. the account managers, etc., um, after exiting the business previously, I kind of thought, you know what, not just me and my mindset and the, the whole world's changing. The whole world's becoming more collaborative. We've got apps now where we can share taxis. Um, I borrow a dog because you can borrow people's dogs on an app now. I would borrow my doggy. Everything's <laughs> changed. I want to have a business that reflects this change in society as well as business Uh, which is collaborative, actually, Mm. by nature. I like a collaborative world. I think it brings us closer together. Um, And um, in doing so, you still need to have the right people around you. I do this with partners now, rather than so much with employees that I did before. We're the same side of the fence as our clients. And I create something where we achieve things and make changes and deliver a service together. And that is the team. It's a bigger team than I used to have now. But our clients are part of the journey with us
0: that's brilliant so vision your mindset being resilient and people yeah like you said it's your network isn't it really it's so important
1: is it the same as your three
0: hey well to be honest mine were going to be a collaboration because that's what i know you are so okay i missed out there definitely resilience and definitely network so definitely you know in the sense that mindset and people same it really is and that's what comes across in the time i've known you i think it's been key so yeah i would have guessed two-thirds I, I, right?
1: I say you know we we work with um We're a little bit different. We've we've created a business model that's looking outside in, not inside out. We've created Mm. this in so many discussions of all the companies we work with because I genuinely wanted to work for them. There's your long-term future guarantee when that happens. Of course. Um, But behind all of that, whenever the brands are, whenever the companies, and we've got amazing companies we work with, small, medium and large, it's people at the end of the day. And we have got the nicest community of people, many of which, such as yourself or friends, and uh, I love the journey uh, that we're going on, and I can see a uh, yeah, a much bigger future for exclusively ahead, as yeah. long as we keep doing it with the right people and we're all winning.
0: No, I think so as well. And I think, you know what, that's a wonderful uh, moment to end the podcast on. So I really need to thank you for your time again, Graham. And really, honestly, I know I've heard your story before, but to hear it again, the new thing I took away from that was I didn't realise that you were such a good photographer. So, you know what, and I've always said to you, I don't see you on Instagram or social media enough. I think you start need to do photography again so I can see your photographs and start publishing them.
1: I miss it, actually. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Yes yeah it was a big part of my life um but i am i have this quest uh, and this energy to keep on growing and um as i said we've just moved through all of these channels mm. um, and all of that gives you, you you know substance of who you are now apprenticeships now are very different to when i was young and photography is uh for many people it's the phone now isn't it so um
0: of course yeah, it, it is
1: slightly good, but still key uh, life is a visual thing at the end of the day
0: yeah I agree. Graham, thank you very much for being on the Second Success podcast. Thank you for having
1: me. Lovely to talk
0: to you. Really was wonderful to be able to chat with Graham, uh, MD and founder of Exclusively Connect. Listening to Graham, what I'm always impressed and inspired by is his relentless drive and his resilience, not only to make a success of himself and his company, but to make a success of those that he works with. And it really is a testament to his character, to what a wonderful person he is. And with that work hard mentality, there's also a play hard mentality too. So it is about enjoying life, um, enjoying what you do and not being all encompassed by work either. So, you know, making every moment count. And I guess it's the right time to leave you with uh, another clip from another one of my favourite movies, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. It's Gandalf having a chat with Frodo Baggins and essentially telling him to make sure that whatever he does to make life count. I hope you enjoy it. the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. So do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do
1: with the time that is given to us. There are other forces at work in this world Frodo, besides the will of evil. Bilbo was meant to find the ring. In which case, you also were meant to have it and that is an encouraging thought
0: and that was the second success podcast on dr rakish rana the clear coach